Hello and welcome to Rollins Around Town. I'm Sam Stark, host of the show, and I serve as the Vice President of Communications and External Relations here at Rollins College. My role allows me to engage in the Central Florida community on many levels, and it is my responsibility to help connect the dots between the college and the community at large. The dots I refer to are opportunities for college stakeholders, faculty, staff, and students to have access to leaders and professionals in our region. This helps Rollins deliver on our mission while also uplifting the brand of the college throughout Central Florida. Rollins Around Town highlights the connections between Rollins and the Central Florida community, introduces the college to important community leaders, and shares the impact Rollins has throughout town. The goal of the show is to share the role, the important role Rollins plays in town, and how important the college is to our region. So thank you for joining us. And it is my pleasure today to welcome two guests, a first in Rollins Around Town history, Eric Marshall and his daughter, Emily Marshall. Eric and I graduated together in 1991, and Emily will graduate in 2022. So welcome to the show, Eric and Emily, and thank you both for joining me. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's an awkward start, so we got to pick it up, you two. It's, uh, okay. <laughs> Eric uh, is currently the co-president of the Rollins Alumni Board and also serves as the Senior Vice President of Park Sales at Universal Orlando. And Emily is a junior here at Rollins. And um, really appreciate you both being here and uh, fun to have two guests and, and let alone uh, a friend and his daughter on the show. So we're not really doing kind of deep dives into it, but Eric, I'll start with you. You know, give, give us just a sense of, of your journey to Rollins, where, where you grew up and, and how you got to Rollins. Sure. So I grew up in a little town, new town in Bucks County near Philadelphia. Uh, I had a high school advisor who, who knew of Rollins and suggested Rollins. I, I also had a family relationship with uh, Dean Erdman, who was the dean of admissions at the time. And uh, coming down south and the look of the campus and a liberal arts education were all really appealing to me. And that's what brought me here. And Emily, how about your story? Um, so I actually grew up in Winter Park because my dad moved there after going to Rollins um, and growing up in Winter Park and because my dad went to Rollins and so many of the people I grew up around were his friends from college. There was like a really heavy influence and I kind of grew up like my dad would take me to Mills Lawn on Saturdays to like play Frisbee. Um, so I grew up around the campus and then my sister ended up going to Rollins um and she's two years older than me so when it kind of came time i think at first i didn't want to go to rollins because i didn't want to be so close to home but then i was kind of not ready to leave and i like already knew and loved rollins so much and it's kind of nice that it was like such a family thing yep. um so yeah and it's deeper than just your family right we have cousins and aunts and uncles and the whole deal yes we have one cousin still here, and then um, an aunt and an uncle who have yep. also gone to Rollins. <laughs> Very nice. So talk a little bit more about, you know, what, what was the Rollins promise to you? In other words, what, what did you get sold on, not by your dad and, and us, you know, being his friends, but like what did Rollins pitch you on that ultimately seemed to kind of more close the deal for you in terms of wanting this to be your school for four years? Yeah, um, I think I really love the small school feel. I went to a huge high school. Um, where you kind of walk around and don't know anyone. So, like, I love that, like, when I walk around Rollins, I see 10 to 15 people I know every single day. Um, I love the, like, tight-knit community. Um, it's also, obviously, um, like, such a beautiful campus, which is such a plus. I think also um, 
I had no clue what I wanted to do. I like switched my major that I was thinking about like four times uh -huh. my freshman year. Um, and so the liberal arts education and the kind of like the way that Rollins like emphasizes taking different classes and exploring different disciplines was really helpful um, when I was deciding colleges because I had literally no idea what I wanted to do. Yeah, and, how, and here you are, your second semester of your junior year. Do you have any idea now? Yes, so <laughs> I, <laughs> I have declared a major. I'm a political science major with a minor in English. Excellent, very good. That was my major too. So, <laughs> so er Eric, talk about your experience at Rollins. You, you're one that, um, you know, I would I would argue had a pretty good experience inside and outside of the classroom. Some some only only one lane, but you you seem to, to do pretty well in both. How how was your overall learning experience in and out of the classroom at Rollins? I, I mean, I think I, I I feel as though I sort of lucked into this perfect fit. Uh, I got to Rollins, I didn't know anyone. Uh, immediately found a lot of people who I would consider kindred spirits. Uh, the liberal arts education and just sort of the broad base as opposed to sort of more technical and focused was great for me. Um, really suited who I am and, and what I wanted to do in life. Um, and, and my experience was, was so amazing that, that, that when Emily and Grace decided they wanted to go to Rollins, I was just overjoyed. Yeah. I mean, I knew that you, you didn't push it in, in a lot of ways. I think you probably even push them to really look hard elsewhere. But ultimately they chose here and um, uh, I know Grace had a great experience and, and Emily seems to as well. What, what, what was your you know, extracurricular experiences like? I mean, aside from the two of us being legendary WPRK sports <laughs> announcers and host of Tar Talk Live, uh, what else did you uh, get involved with? Yeah, I mean, I think the, you know, there was Greek life. There was the radio station. Uh, there were opportunities at the student newspaper. Uh, there was intramurals. There were, there were a lot of things that I got involved in. And, and, and I really felt like I was involved in a lot uh, of what was happening on campus. But, but one of the things that's been exciting is to watch my kids even do a better job of taking advantage of everything that's here. Yeah, there's a lot. What about you? What's, what do you do outside of the political science classrooms, Emily? Oh, goodness. Um, so I am a part of a sorority. Um, I've held a couple um, officer positions in my sorority. Um, I don't know. I don't want to say nothing else, but <laughs> <laughs> well, I can't really think of much else. This year and this last year especially. Yeah. yeah I, mean. I was. I did take... Um, Last year, my sophomore year, I did take the Model UN class that was offered. So I did um, travel to Gainesville and then later to D.C. to, like, represent Rollins um, in the Model United Nations competition. Yeah. And because you're a little humble, I'll add that you're studying in D.C. this summer. Yeah. And that you've won a scholarship from the political science department. I have. You've done quite well That's, here. Thank you. Such a dad. I love it. Yeah. yeah a little dad, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. That in there. Okay. That's important. <laughs> How has the you know, the, the political science department. So now you're pretty well all in. Yes. You know, I think one of the, the things that we sell and that frankly I experienced here uh, that, that I think is super genuine and real at Rollins is the faculty, student, you know, interaction and personal relationships. Yeah. Is yeah. That, is that I, real for you? That's like probably, if I were to talk to a high schooler, I think that would be one of the main things I would stress to them about why um, this is such an amazing school is like I not only do is the ratio of like students to professors like so low that like you actually get 
um, engaging and like hands-on learning experience. It's also like the professors like genuinely like care and they take the time to get to know you and they like look out for ways that they can help you. Um, I feel like that is like one of the biggest advantages. Um, I honestly don't know where I would be. I would not be nearly as successful at Rollins if I didn't have professors who like genuinely cared about me and like um, genuinely wanted to see me succeed and like took the time to like yeah. um, really engage with me and find out my interests. Yeah, that's great. That's a great department as, as they all are, but uh, politics especially, I, yeah. I, I believe. Um, Eric, what was your major? I was a history major. Okay. I was a history major, and I had an advisor, Dr. Gary Williams, who who I remained in contact for a number of years. I mean, I think that's I, I see this with with Emily's sister Grace, who talks to Dr. Chong and Dr. Strom on a like weekly basis. Basically, that's one of the great things about Rollins is once you're in the community, if you choose to be, you can stay in it forever. All right. So, you tell us a little bit about your journey from history major. Uh, into a career that ultimately leads you to be senior vice president of Universal Orlando. Yeah, so so a little bit of a crooked path. I, I wanted to work in sports, and uh, my friend Sam Stark helped me get a job at Florida <laughs> Citrus Sports out of college. Uh, I, I, I was able to to go to Atlanta and work on the Summer Olympics for a few years, and in the late 90s when Universal was expanding, some of the relationships I had made led to a job. And uh, uh, and I've been there now almost 23 years. I, I, I think what I do really has nothing to do with my major, but I think the Rollins education gives you sort of the tools to know that you can figure it out. Awesome. Whatever you're asked to do, you can figure it out. And that's really where I think my education here at Rollins has, has, has helped me a great deal in my career. Do you think that that's, uh, that figure out part is, is inside the classroom, outside the classroom experiences, or, or is it just naturally a bit of both? I think it's both. I think it's both. I think it's the broad base of, of I mean, in some ways, I, I work primarily with people who have studied marketing and business. And, and that's a good path if you want to be in the theme park business. But, but having studied history and having had a different educational experience with lots of reading and writing and oral arguments, I think kind of has given me the opportunity to sort of sit in a different place than everyone else. I think it's been really helpful in my career. Do you, do you see it in, in your either level, but maybe even throughout the company? Are there more liberal arts co colleagues or are they big schools? Yes, yes. But I think, I, I, I think one of the things that is a real opportunity for um, kids coming out of school with a liberal arts education is to really learn how to sell that. We have a young lady who went to Rollins who I hired named Kennedy Bickle. Uh, she came in with a different background than everyone else in her department, but she was immediately a superstar because she's just a quick study. And uh, still at Universal? Still at Universal. Yeah, that's yeah. fantastic. That's good. You've got to replace yourself, right? You've got to groom the next generation. Uh, um, tell us a little bit about your summer DC internship, Emily. Can you talk about that? Yeah, so um, I just got accepted into the program, so I... Um, I don't know all of the details yet, but um, I applied for this program um, at American University. It's a Washington like semester program. And so over the summer, um, I got accepted into the program. So I will take like a three credit class there um, on foreign affairs um, and international relations. Um, but then they also, through the program, pair you with an advisor who helps match you with an internship. Um, 
I haven't gotten to that portion right. of the process yet, so I don't know the internship, but I will hopefully be getting matched with an internship soon. That's amazing. It, it's too early for you to know the answer, but I'm going to ask you the question anyways. I mean, do you have a sense what this leads you to? Like, what's first job? Maybe what's ideal first job for Emily Marshall after commencement? Um, and probably the first one I'm offered, honestly. <laughs> I have anything. Um, I have no plans. It's honestly every year, like, I think I want to do something different. Um, but I think that's kind of part of it is, like, learning what I do and don't like. Um, I think... I'm going to try and go to grad school to buy myself some time. But um, I really want to work in um, international relations. Yeah. Got it. Very <laughs> good. Do you, can you see it just after two and a half years, like what your dad experienced, you know, sort of that um, sort of holistic, fulfilling, educational, and uh, social and personal experience? Yeah, I am literally a completely different person from when I first came to Rollins um, in like all of the best ways. I'm, and I think the one thing, honestly, I'm sorry, dad, but I learned this from Grace, not you. Um, <laughs> the one big thing I learned from watching my sister go to Rollins because she, she did this. Um, she just took every single opportunity and every single like um, chance that came her way anytime like even if she wasn't interested in like a field if there was something available she took it um, and so uh, like that's kind of been like what I've been trying to do and I've seen like so much change I'm just like such more I don't know I like love it. yeah well well balanced yes, being you are. but yeah and I see it and um, that's one of my favorite things about my dad and I like both going to Rollins is like um, getting to like kind of compare our experiences, like see what's different, but then like see what hasn't changed. Right. But yeah. That's an awesome experience. I think there's a lot of, you know, parent children um, who, who, who want their kids to go away and experience something, not, you know, for, for any other reason than just the experience of it. How, how have you balanced it as the student to either see your parents when you want to or, or to some, in some ways not see them? <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I um I I live off campus, but I live about five minutes from my parents, um, and that was honestly that's like one of the big fears I think. Like when you go to school in your hometown, it's like oh my gosh, like my parents are gonna know everything I do, see everything I do. Like I'm gonna see them all the time. But my parents have been really good about like letting me just kind of come and go as I please. Um, my freshman and sophomore year, I did not go home a lot. I I wanted to be at school and I wanted to be off and away. Yeah. This year, I would say I go home every week yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I take a night off and I just <laughs> stay at home. It's nice to go home and have my mom cook a meal. That's <laughs> awesome. How about from your perspective? Tw wanting to make sure you give enough space, but yet still wanting to see your baby girl. Yeah, you know, in the in in the beginning when the kids chose Rollins, I, I, I was really concerned about that. Uh, and over time, I've I've become a big advocate of them coming home more, uh, because <laughs> because it's clear that 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 they have the ability to to figure things out on their own. They're they're not attached to home. When they come home, they visit. It's not an it's not an escape. Yeah. Uh, and they've both proven to be pretty well equipped to, to do their own thing and, and figure it out. Yeah. So let's talk about COVID and let's talk about, you know, experiences over the last year. Um, 
Emily, you're, you know, second semester of your sophomore year, and now really your whole junior year has been COVID. Mm-hmm. H- how's it been? You know, it's been hard. I think one of the hardest things um, for college kids right now, like this might sound selfish, but I think it's hard for kids like this because, like, we were told our whole lives, like, these are the best four years of your life. Right. And now, um, now it's like a big deal if I get out of my PJs that day. <laughs> but, um, and so I think there is, like, a, like, I definitely have this sense of, like, I'm missing out on something big. But um, I think Rollins has done a really good job of handling it. I know that, like, when I go to class, like, I feel. Um, completely safe it's definitely been hard though like it's been hard um yeah yeah um especially last year was really hard because sophomore year was like just that was one of my favorite that's been my favorite year at Rollins so far and me and all my friends were like it's only getting better than this and it quickly did not (laughs) it did not (laughs) did your decision to live off campus have anything to do with COVID or were you kind of going to go off campus no matter what so I was supposed to go abroad in the fall Uh. um so I've signed up to go abroad and Mm. abroad kind of um they held off on canceling it for a while because they wanted to like make sure that we couldn't go um, and so by the time it got canceled, the housing selection was um, yeah. done. Yeah. So me and all my friends um, just kind of decided to live off campus because there really was no on-campus housing left. Right. What's your uh, class uh, portfolio been like? Are you in class on campus every every class or do you have some virtual? Um, yeah. So last semester I had um, kind of half and half. Half yeah. my classes were online, half were in person. Um, this semester I've had all of my classes in person, um, which I really love. I I really love getting to have that in-person class. I think um, it's just much more like engaging and I just, I don't know. Yeah. I miss that. Do you... Um, is that a is that a path that Rollins should explore? You know, sort of the virtual model in any form, or do you think that um, once COVID's over, just get right back to what was going on before? You know, um, I'm not sure. I think obviously um, I love the in person, and I I think that it's much easier to kind of manage if every single person's in person. But at the same time, I know that it's probably helpful for people with like accessibility um, needs, and it's a nice accommodation. So. Um, I mean, I personally like in person, but I can't really speak for it because yeah. I don't really know what the need is for that type of accommodation outside of COVID. Is is there any takeaway? Like, is there anything that you'll have done over the last year or, you know, year and a half as it will turn out that, um, you know, will sort of become something consistent because of COVID and like, 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 like what's the, what's the silver lining? Is there a good that will come from this? Yeah, I think there is. I mean, I obviously think. I don't know. I think college is such a crazy time and it's such a a weird experience and it's like literally the best time of your life and I think it kind of goes by really fast. Um, so I think the nice thing about COVID is, is, is that it's kind of made us all kind of stop and like reflect and really um, take time to think about like um, what's going on around us. I also think that, um, I don't know, I think that it's also... I don't know. It's kind of highlighted what's important in life when you like kind of strip it down to yeah. the bare necessities. Yeah. Well, it's not selfish at all to think that. I mean, it does. It's it stinks. <laughs> I think, especially for high school kids uh, and for college kids, to have these years impacted so significantly. I, I think it happens right at every age. I mean, you think of your grandparents and you know my parents. How hard it is for for them. But mm-hmm. listen, it's uh, it, it is 
tragically unfortunate <laughs> that, that your life and your, your experience was, uh, was impacted by COVID, but y- you, to no surprise, have figured out how to manage <laughs> and uh, are finding silver lining. So that's awfully impressive. Eric, how about you? I mean, obviously a theme park um, is a challenging business during a worldwide pandemic. Yeah, I think it's 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 the hardest year of my life uh, as a professional by a mile. Um, COVID has impacted everyone, as you said, and, and impacted everyone greatly. I think the tour and, and travel world, um, the impact has been really significant. And, and there are lots of people I know in the business who, who are now looking for work. There are companies that I've worked with that are no longer operating. Um, and so from that perspective, just a really, really tough year. On the other hand, um, with all of that, we've had to get smarter. We've had to get more creative. I think we've learned that we're much tougher than we realized and much more resilient and our business is more resilient. And, and as we are starting to really come back now and learn how to do it better, um, it's exciting. We're finally going to get to open in California uh, in the next week, and, and that's huge. Uh, so this has been an incredibly difficult year, but I think, you know, we'll look back at, and, and much like past generations who've, who've had to overcome things, I think we'll find ourselves stronger on the other side. So what's, what's a day uh, in the park like today, you know, for a, for a visitor? Yeah, so it's, it's, it's somewhat of a different experience in one sense, and in another, it's, it's the experience that you've, that, that you've always known. I mean, when you show up, you're going to have your temperature taken. You're going to have to socially distance in the parks. You're going to have to socially distance in the queues. Um, We're not going to have as many people in the park, and we're not going to run all our rides at full capacity because of the social distancing requirements we have. On the other hand, when you get in the park, um, we're, we're overstaffed for what we would typically be. There's less people in the park. Um, people are grateful for the opportunity to connect with their families and be out there. The, the, the laughter and the joy is, is the same. Um, so so it's, it's, it's a little bit of both. It's very, very different and yet very similar. Yeah. What, what's the COVID takeaway for, for you guys? Like, will you do business differently because of COVID that you probably never would have done otherwise? Yeah, I think there's a I think there's a few things. One is we had been ever since 2010 when we opened the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, we were on this charmed run of success, and and with that, you know, that can cover up a lot of inefficiencies and mistakes, and and uh, and and we've had to reevaluate everything and become smarter operators and and smarter at the business. But I also think that being forced to change the way, for instance, we did Mardi Gras this spring and turning it into much more of a culinary event and not being able to do parades and things like that, that actually turned out amazingly well. And we'll keep that. There are things that we've learned along the way that, that we'll keep. And I think, I think our experience going forward is going to be better because of what we've learned. When, um, you know, within the projections of the company, like when is, quote, normal? start is at the beginning of 22 is that i know it's an impossible question too but you guys you know, have to have some thoughts about that you know i quote um president cornwell quite a bit because he he, he told me many months ago that that nobody is a good futurist um <laughs> Fair enough. and uh and i think there's some truth to that i mean our hope 
we certainly have projections and we have plans. Um, but but every decision we make right now that is four, five, six, even nine months out, we make weighing the caveat of, will we like this decision if we're still under operating restrictions, right? Because it's that, one of the hardest things about our business is, is normally the only thing that I worry about on a daily basis is, do we have enough demand? Right. But now I have to worry about, do we have too much demand? And you know, you get to a holiday period, and it's not—it's it, it, not good if you—if—if if you got to tell people a, a bunch of people that that they can't come in. You're much better off stopping creating that demand, and uh, so that's tricky. But uh, I, I think the flip side of that is all of the data we're looking at in the U.S., in the U.K., in Brazil suggests that when we do get out of this, we're going to be in the golden age of travel. Mm -hmm. People are so anxious to go places and get back what they lost. I, I, I think the long term for us is extremely bright. That's great. I, I should have uh, let you answer this at the, at the beginning, but g give us a little bit of a sense of what, what does Senior Vice President of Park Sales actually mean? That's an excellent question. <laughs> <laughs> Some of my bosses ask the same thing. <laughs> Um, so basically what I am responsible for is uh, all, all sales and trade marketing for Universal Orlando and Universal Studios Hollywood. And that includes all of the work we do with partners to fill hotels and parks. That includes our offices in the UK and in Brazil um, and, and everything we do sort of above and beyond consumer marketing to try and get people to uh, visit us. Very good. All right. Sounds legit. Sounds like a legitimate <laughs> job. <laughs> uh, Emily, talk about your sorority experience. Like okay. how's sorority life and trying to grow the chapter and, and have functions, you know, meaningful events on campus during, during COVID and the semester? Um, yeah. So my sorority, Delta Zeta, um, if any of you guys are listening, I love you guys. <laughs> um, but, um, Honestly, it's kind of been, um, it's been really nice having my sorority during COVID, especially like um, over the summer when I would go to Publix once every two weeks and that would be my entire interaction with people outside my house. Um, I had my like sorority sisters and we would do like a big Zoom call um, every week. And so that it's been really nice like having them. And I've found that like in this time, I've actually become closer with a lot of members in my sorority because it's just such, it's so nice to have that community to lean on. Um, it's been difficult trying to plan events um, during COVID. It's been difficult, especially because um, for the sophomores and the new freshmen who are part of our um, organization, because they haven't really had the full experience. They haven't been to all the socials and all the formals. Um, and so um, it's, been hard but it's also brought us together so much more because we're constantly like especially like the older members are constantly trying to figure out like how do we make the newer members um feel like they belong and so um it's been it's like brought us a little closer together almost um as for just like how my sorority has helped me like at rollins um there's so many like leadership opportunities that i've gotten through there um i was social chair I was the head of our diversity and inclusion committee. 
um, and I was our diversity and campus engagement chair. Um, and so I think that if you really, if you join Greek Life and you really um, want to expand, you can find so many opportunities for leadership um, and also just like such a nice yeah. community. I love it. That's great. Making the best of it. Uh, and Eric, talk about the alumni board. You've been on the alumni board for probably five years, I'm guessing, maybe. Yeah, I think this is year six, actually, yeah, Sam. This I, is my last year. Okay. Um, what a great experience. I, I mean, I've enjoyed it so much. I'm on the board with some amazing people. Um, it's gotten, it's given me the opportunity um, to feel like I'm, I'm, I'm participating in, in helping the college. But it's also just made me feel connected to the school in a way that, while my daughters are here has just been great. And I think when I, when I think about it, I think everyone I talk to who went to Rollins or goes to Rollins talks about how great their experience is. And the one thing that, that I would just say is if you stay engaged with the college, you can continue to have that experience. Right. And that's really been the big thing for me is, you, you know, I think at Rollins, if, we, if, if, if alums and young alums and people just coming out of college realize that staying connected to their alma mater really just is, is special and keeps that experience going in a way that doesn't happen if you just sort of end it and move on with your life, that's, that's really been the lesson for me. Yeah. Has there been any um, specific action or event or program that the board has done that especially you know, sort of stands out over your, over your time? I think there's been some pretty amazing work done on getting better in terms of fundraising, doing thing, doing more around giving day and campaigns. I think there's some great work that's been done in terms of alumni engagement. Um, the, the, the committee that sort of reshaped the way that the alumni awards are done, I think Myhan and that group did just an amazing job. I, 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 I think the alumni board, it's a really great group of people right now whose, whose commitment to the college is obvious. And I think when the, when the board has that kind of membership and that kind of energy, um, it's, it's, it's really powerful. Now, now the, the, the other thing I would say has been really impressive is the way they've stayed engaged and stayed involved throughout COVID when we can't meet in person. Because as you know, having been uh, on the board, you've got people coming in from all over the country. The, those in-person meetings are really when you get to know people and you have the philosophical conversations and you start to develop plans. Not as easy to do on Zoom, but but I think the board has really worked hard at that. Yeah. You, you mentioned the fundraising. And I think that's always a narrative about alumni offices in general and colleges in general. I only hear from my college when, I, you know, when, when they want money, and that's clearly not the case. Yeah. And the, and the college, to your point, has done a an amazing job of um, of the opposite of, of really just engaging, sharing, connecting. Uh, Emily, do you sense it? Do you feel it? Like as a junior, is Rollins starting to talk to you about the importance of in alumni engagement? Yeah, um, I think so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, I get a lot of emails of people think I'm my dad, so I actually get a lot of <laughs> alumni engagement. But um, yeah, I mean. Um, Honestly, the whole time I've been at Rollins, um, I've kind of been taught like all of the services which are open kind of for the rest of my life, I guess. Um, yeah. I know like the career, yeah. um, this 
Career Center, Career and Life, career planning. And life planning Center. Yeah, it's been a minute since <laughs> I went there. Um, <laughs> um, I know, like that's available to you once you're an alumni, yeah. and I think services like that are actually um, so beneficial. And I look forward to kind of overusing them once yeah. I graduate. But yeah, I mean, um, I've seen it um, through the college emphasizing it. I've seen it through um, all of my family members who have gone to Rollins um, and like the importance of staying connected as an alumni. Winter Park just got uh, through with the mayor's election. And, and it seems more than ever, the Rollins students were involved. And, and we talked about it once, you know, a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, like, why is that? Why was that? Or what, what was the trigger point? Do you have any sense of that? Um, I think that w there are a lot of students at Rollins who are very um, just kind of engaged around the community um, and who have really um, taken to Winter Park and taken advantage of all the opportunities. I know multiple people who helped um, on both campaigns. One of my best friends worked um, really closely with one of the candidates and worked on the campaign. Um, I so I think it's really awesome to see kids our age getting involved in that. I also think that um, our generation is kind of like waking up to the importance of like local politics. And you know, you can say that you want this to happen all you want, um, but like if you want change, like you know, it starts small and then you get bigger and bigger. Um, and so I think that it's honestly how many people were involved in the mayor. Um, election and like I had never seen that many you know 20 year olds care about who wins mayor of a small town so much but um, I think it's a really good sign and I think it's showing that um, kids our age like really care about things and That's they're great. willing to put in the work to see them done. It's a great sign. Uh, talk to about Rollins in the community like what what does that mean to you uh, and to your you know peers you know being part of the Rollins and Central Florida community? Um, yeah I mean being a part of the Rollins community is, um, I don't know, it's such a like identity thing almost because yeah. I think since it's such a small school and such a tight-knit community and you know your peers and you know your professors so well um, that, I don't know, it's, it, it is such an important community and such a tight-knit community and, um, you know, I know people who go to big schools and and they walk around like they would walk around a city. Um, whereas here, I feel like you walk around like you walk around like a home or yeah. a neighborhood. Like it's um, it's really impactful. And it's also really impactful to see like as someone from Winter Park, um, you know, I have a lot of friends who um, came to Florida, came to Rollins, not registered to vote. And um, they registered to vote in Florida. And so I have friends from all over who are, um, you know, like I'm seeing them like starting to care about local politics and starting to really take pride in Winter Park and like view it as a home. And I think being from Roll being from Winter Park, um, that's really nice to see kind of people come in and then like care about yeah. our little community so much. That's awesome. I'd love to hear that. How about from your perspective, Eric? You're on a lot of boards. You're involved in a lot of organizations, uh, you know, across the state and, and within the community. Wh where do you see Rollins in Central Florida? Well, I think Rollins is a vital part of Central Florida. And, and, and I think, if, I mean, all we have to do is kind of look at our own experience. How many of us came from somewhere else and made Winter Park our home? Right. Because of, because of our Rollins experience, but also because of Rollins sits in this wonderful little town. So 
I, I think I think Rollins is a critical part of the community. I think it's part of what makes there's many things that make Winter Park attractive. One of them is this wonderful liberal arts school at the end of Park Avenue. Yeah. Uh, and I think the, the the school being an active and, and, and a leader in the community is 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 critical. Uh, and, and then to, to talk about what Emily's talking about, I think it is so exciting. Like, I, I, I don't know about you, but I didn't know who the mayor of Winter Park was when I was at Rollins, let alone right. the idea of getting involved in a campaign. Right. And I think it's so exciting to see what's happening on this campus and the level of engagement that the student body has. It's a, it's a, really speaks well both of the school and the students. Uh, exactly. That's well said. We had Mickey Meyer on as a guest a couple weeks ago, and, uh, and she and her team do an amazing job. But to your point, a lot of it is just the, 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 the human nature of, of this generation, and it's, it's, it's incredibly impressive. Eric, uh, as, a, you know, as, a, as a professional, what, what, do you, what career advice are you offering to Rollins students these days who call and, and want to either talk to you or, or are listening to this amazing show and podcast? Yeah, I, I, I think there's I, I think there's a couple of things that when I talk to Rollins students I, I usually encourage. One is is to just network and and ask for help. Use the Career Center, use the alumni network, use your resources to ask for help because because when you're looking for a job, particularly in the beginning, it's a numbers game. The more opportunities you get, eventually you'll find a good one. I think number two, don't sell yourself short and and don't be afraid to talk about what your education means in terms of your skill sets because because the technical knowledge you have today is likely going to be outdated five years from now and the whole game will become how how good a learner are you how many different things do you know um and and, and then the last thing that i tell a, a lot of students which which i i don't know if the college would deliver the same message but I do tell them too, if you don't have it all figured out at 20, it's okay, right? right? You know, there is some value in figuring out what you don't want to do. And there is some value in sort of poking around and, and, and looking around. And, and look, if you're 20 and you know you want to do X, that's great and wonderful. But if you don't, don't feel like you have to fake it. That's, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. I mean, I think you and I both, we, we've, we've, we've been in some different jobs. It certainly <laughs> isn't sort of a straight line. Indeed. But, but, but we've been able to, to, to do some really fun and interesting and exciting things because, because the sort of the whole field was open to yeah, us. That's, that's amazing. So I'll ask you both these last two questions. Um, if you were president of Rollins for a day, <laughs> what would President Marshall <laughs> and President Marshall do? Um, well... Honestly, I'd make it Fox Day. Um, <laughs> Every day or just uh, the day you're... <laughs> well, just the day I'm okay, president. Um, honestly, partially because, like, I'd be, like, a fun, cool president who just, like, spontaneously sprung a Fox Day on all of them. But then also because I would have no idea what else to do, like, the rest of the day. So right. I figured give my day, myself the day off. Beautiful. Well done. <laughs> about the other President Marshall? Oh, my goodness. I mean, I, I, this morning we walked into the library and there was a cafe there. And I thought, oh, my gosh, everything's here now. <laughs> like, like what, could you, what else could you give them? Um, <laughs> Not to mention the, the new uh, residence. Uh, oh, my. Yes, the resort behind us. <laughs> um, so so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think... I think what what Rollins is doing is is I think the school's on the right track and doing the right things, and I think the the future is really bright. 
Um, you know, I, I guess from where I sit on the alumni board, I would say continued commitment to engagement with alumni and keeping people connected with the school. Yep. Um, if we could get more alumni connected with the school, I think that would be very powerful and very beneficial to the student body. Yeah, for sure. Uh, very true. How about, uh, the, have you found a favorite spot? Like, do you, what do you love? Like, where's your little sort of private favorite spot on campus? Um, my favorite spot on campus in Lyman Hall, um, which is the, not right now, but which is traditionally the DZ sorority house, um, on at the top floor, there's like a there's a private staircase which takes you to this like double room, um, and it's we call it like the tower room because it's a little tower and it has two balconies. Um, and two of my really close friends lived there last year, um, and I would just go and if you go like around when the sun sets and you stand on the balcony um, and you just like look out on Mills Lawn and the chapel, it's really nice. Love it. How about you? So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll pick a place that's after graduation. When Emily and her sister were very little, their favorite thing to do was to run what they would call the long hallway, which is the <laughs> hallway that ends at Strong Hall. Yeah. And they would just run back and forth, and we would do that for hours on a Saturday morning. And so that's still, every time I walk down that hallway, I smile. That's, that's awesome. my favorite place on campus. A good place. It lead, leads to a good, uh, good residence hall. No doubt. Uh, for sure. <laughs> Wow, what a great uh, show. It's so awesome to have you both here. Emily Marshall, class of 2022. Mm -hmm. Eric Marshall, class of 1991. Thank you both for, for being here. Uh, Emily, we'll thank you in advance for being an amazing alumnus of the college. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and for continuing your uh, great experiences here for the next year and a half. Uh, Eric, can't thank you enough. Uh, just one of the best um, uh, we, we have here in town and uh, lucky to, uh, to consider you one of my best friends. So thanks for, uh, for being here. Sam, thanks for letting us do this. Thank you for having us. So to keep updated on our show and our guests, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Rollins Around Town. And you can subscribe to our podcast, Rollins Around Town, on Apple and Spotify next week. Our very own Samantha will be hosting the show. Uh, Samantha, you'll get to learn a little bit more about her, but she's a, a fantastic senior a lacrosse player here at Rollins, and uh, she's going to be hosting the show. So I am thrilled and can't wait to hear, uh, hear next week's Rollins Around Town. So with that, we uh, say farewell, and thanks for listening. Have a great day.